0: Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is
1: Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callentine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Simple. We're glad you're here. We have an awesome interview today. We're going to talk about what we call the apest. Uh, You see this in Ephesians 4, which I'll read here in a moment. It's the apostle, prophet evangelist shepherd and teacher the giftings that uh, Jesus has given us the church and today we have an awesome guest Carlos from the Dallas Texas area with Citizen House you'll recognize him from a, a previous podcast that we just recently did with him Carlos say what's up to the people introduce yourself a little bit back to us
2: what's going on guys it's great to uh, be back and uh, chat with you guys um, as you said my name is Carlos I have the pleasure of serving uh, the citizen house family of micro churches here in the North Texas area um, and uh, man pleased to be here pleased to see what the Lord is doing through micro churches or simple churches not only you know here in Texas but man around the country glad to be a part of uh, of this movement and glad to be friends and and hear what you guys are doing as well
1: Yeah, welcome back. We love having you on. If you want to learn more specifically about what Carlos is doing, go back and check out the previous episode with him in it. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 11, says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. We find that concept of the apest be very important to our structure and what we're pursuing here at the Simple Church Collective. And we want full representation of each giftings in the collective. At every level. And so today, Carlos, we wanted to talk to you about your gifting. So for our audience, what are maybe your top strengths as far as it comes to the A-pest? And, and how do you see those maybe playing out in your life?
2: Yeah, for, for me... I've really come to believe, and and I think have been confirmed in those that are that are closest to me, uh, my gifting as an apostle teacher. Um, so when I just think about those various giftings and and what they mean, my my primary gift set uh, tends to be the apostolic. Uh, so I tend to be helping the church or helping our communities just live out their sentinus, and uh, I believe just my own personal calling kind of statement is to equip and unleash God's people to plant the gospel in new places and with new people. Um, so I, that's kind of my statement that that drives me to do what I do uh, within our family of micro churches. But the way that I tend to do that is through teaching. Um, so I tend to be a teacher who in my teaching and, and how I show people and explain scripture, I tend to drive people for, man, this begs us, this demands us to live out our our sickness and to plant the gospel in new, new places with new people groups. So apostle, teacher.
0: That's awesome, dude. Um, so what's that um, kind of, how's that kind of played out in your role at Citizen House? Um, yeah, tell us about that.
2: Well, the, the first thing I would say is one part of the apostolic kind of ministry um, if you read Alan Hirsch or, or maybe others that, that that write a lot and, and explain scripture about the apest is a, a piece of the apostle type is helping the rest of the body live in their own uh, gift set or in their own function and, and serving the church. And so even since the beginning of Citizen House a year and a half, two years ago, one of the very first things that we did was confirming Uh, the gifts of our very small group of people. So we had a prayer gathering. I talked a little bit about this in our last uh, podcast episode, but we had a group of people that prayed together for six months before we started this family of micro churches. And part of that I thought was going to be, Hey, we're going to talk about a pest with this, you know, dozen or so people and we'll identify what each of us are. And we'll take one other week and we'll pray over people. Awesome idea. But what ended up happening is it was actually a several month process for us. And that is, in a large sense, what birthed our family of microchurches. So right about in the middle of that six months, we talked about APES. And then the next week, we said, okay, um, everybody write down what you think uh, you are um, as far as these giftings go. And I know this is another maybe topic. There are online tests that you can take and assessments you can take. I think there's some value in those. I don't place a whole lot of value in those. Uh, me personally, I tend to ask the question, where have you seen the Lord use you beyond your own abilities? Like, where have you seen fruit in your ministry? Good question. Um, and so I asked that question, people wrote down what they think they were, and then I had everybody else in community say, what do you think that person is? And so it was really interesting because for some people, they were like, you know, I, I believe I'm a prophet type, or, or maybe an evangelist type, and everybody else in the group was like, yes, right on. That's absolutely right. I see that in you. But a couple times, somebody wrote something down, and the group was like, hey, brother, I don't know if that's really you. I see the Lord using you in this way. And so we even started uh, our family of microchurches with that kind of concept in mind. And then what happened was every week we took one of the people in this, this core group, we sat them in the middle of the room and everybody else in this community laid hands on them and prayed for them and asked the Holy spirit to fill and to equip them with all that they need to live out that, that type in that role. Um, I thought we were going to do like one prayer meeting, maybe two prayer meetings that took about two months because everybody got their own prayer meeting um or maybe it was two people per meeting that we had and everybody had you know the rest of the group praying for them for 20 30 minutes apiece and it was if you go back and talk to those people the most powerful thing we did to start the network that we have so uh for us that a has been incredibly important and was um it was kind of caked into the origination and our origin story of our family of micro churches today the way that that looks a little bit for me um is I tend to be the teacher, the trainer of this family of micro churches. So uh, we do uh, once a month, we do some sort of equipping type training or gathering, whether that's on Zoom or some sort of learning community, which we're going to experiment with uh, this next semester. So there's some sort of training coming from me. Um, And then also I try to help uh, establish churches and even primarily the church that sent us identify new people to send them out into new places. And so for me, that's how you kind of see both this kind of teaching, training side operating, as well as the how do we help people live in their sentness and go, and how do I give them what they need to, to, to plant the gospel with new people and in new places.
1: As we go through this series, probably most of the people that we interview are going to have, like, A, as their, their strongest gift or second because as you lean into the micro expression of things and the, and the newness of it, that's the natural, natural leaning that a lot of people are going to have. And so as we go through this series, that's something to keep in mind. And so we're not going to focus maybe on the A as much because I think we'll focus on it naturally a lot. So leaning more towards the T, tea, the teaching aspect, what does being a healthy teacher look like in your opinion? Or what does that look like for you?
2: So I think it's important, um, in the way that you phrase that question, is you said, "What does the healthy teacher look like?" Which um, we didn't do a ton of, you know, teaching here in this podcast about APEs, but it's important to know that those gifts are people, and so the gift is the teacher to the body of Christ. The gift is the apostle to the body of Christ, and so the healthiness of that is the teacher as a as a person.
1: Teach it, teacher. Come on.
2: Um, (laughs) And so, if you're if you're a teacher, health, and I would I would just get this from the pastoral epistles. And health looks like living in accordance with the sound doctrine. So I think it's very easy for the teacher to focus on what is the right doctrine, and I'm going to teach the right teaching. I'm going to teach the right doctrine. I'm going to know the right things. I'm going to have all the answers. But if you're not living in accordance with that doctrine, and if your life doesn't measure up to the doctrine that you're teaching, that's not a good teacher. And I don't care how doctrinally sound it was if your life is not in accordance with that with, with which you're teaching. Um, also, the healthy teacher will equip others to be obedient to the teaching. So in the Great Commission, it's teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And so I think that's a, a downside of the teaching and something we have to guard against um is one, just having the head knowledge, but then just transferring the head knowledge to others. So one, you're living your life in accordance with it. And then two, you're helping others not just know it, but live in obedience and, and living in the fruit of the spirit, which is what the sound doctrine will produce.
0: So tell me a little bit about what um it looks like to be on mission with you, Carlos, how do people in, you know, your family of microchurches experience you? Uh, you know, what's it like to be on your team? Uh, tell us about that.
2: So that's a, uh, that's an interesting question because it's, it's an adjustment, man. We we are, I mean, we're a little family of microchurches. We have, you know, four microchurches and maybe another two or three that are, that are emerging right now. And the truth is, I think we've, we've had these equipping environments and environments that I've, I've taught in and given people, okay, we're, we're starting this network. Here's how you start your microchurch, and here's some tangible things, and here's some, here's some doctrinal things that are core to what we're doing. But the truth is, when you ask that, the season that we're in, our team is needing more shepherding. And so, the way that our interaction is looking a little bit more right now is instead of just having teaching environments, I'm realizing, okay, I don't need to just be teacher over here, but that needs to happen more so in community. And so, rather than just kind of teaching ish environments, we're adjusting a little more to to what we call leader community. And so, what our team does is once a month, um, our leaders get together in mine and my wife's home, and we have dinner together. We take communion together around the table, and we pray and we worship together. Uh, people will maybe talk about uh, what's going well inside of their microchurch or struggles they're having, and, and of course there's going to be teaching opportunities that occur there. Or I might remind somebody of scripture or a passage that speaks into to what they're experiencing. That's maybe how I would use my gift in that environment. But the way that my leaders are primarily experiencing me And one another right now is in what we call leader community. Um, The other kind of environment that we have uh, that we're actually about to start at the end of this month is what we call learning community. And that will be more of the teaching set. And so I actually ask my leaders, what is it that you need in this kind of season, this next semester um, of your microchurch ministry? And they uh, they ask for some more knowledge on some doctrinal issues, um, and they wanted to connect with God more. So that's why we're kind of shifting to, okay, we have leader community and we have learning community. And learning community is not just going to be me teaching people once a month. Um, I'm actually curating content or curating an ex- uh, an experience for the semester where people will kind of learn and read some things in advance, and then we're just going to get together and talk about it and discuss what we're learning uh, discuss what the Lord is teaching us, and so it's it's a little more like a book club. And so I'm I'm having to adjust my even teaching gift set a little bit to say, okay, the Lord has gifted me as a teacher, and yes, I can I can preach, I can just you know I can do things like that. But right now in the life of our ministry and what we need, that's going to look more like let me curate some content. And then let's just get together and, and discuss it. And that as well is teaching just as much as maybe standing in front of a group and preaching is.
1: So as you mentioned, your, your people right now needing more of this shepherding aspect. Is that something with you, not, that's not one of your top strengths. Is that something that you feel you need to step into? Or is there someone on your team who has shepherding strengths and you kind of pivot and punt to them a little bit more and allow them to kind of lead in that area more so
2: yeah that's a great question um absolutely i'm leaning into leaning into some others more in that uh, because it's not my my primary gift strength um it's interesting though when you talk about uh micro churches and people who tend to do this tend to be on the apostolic side
0: at least at this time at least at this time early adopters Pioneer sides, yeah.
2: So in our network, I'm the only apostle type. Mm-hmm. We tend to, our strengths as a family of micro churches are actually evangelism and shepherding. Our kind of default position is inviting those who are disconnected into community. Like we reach the lost by inviting those who are disconnected into community. That tends to be our primary posture. And so for me, that shepherding is like, okay, I'm gonna curate a environment in which these others, who might be a little more in the shepherd arena, can get together with one another, and so again, that's actually a little bit of operating the apostolic. I'm trying to use the apostolic gifting of creating a new environment or structure in which shepherding can flourish a little bit better maybe than it did in a previous system
1: so when you when you talk about
0: your tea. Like, what are some of like the the strength and maybe liabilities that a T brings to a team? In your opinion,
2: so strengths, of course, is uh, you're going to bring the team back to the Word of God and to what the Word of God says, uh, and explaining what it means. Um, Again, if if you're a good or a a healthy teacher, you're going to explain what that means, like feet, boots on the ground, like here's what the application of that doctrine or the application of that passage really looks like for me and for you, let's go do that together now and help one another be accountable to do that. Um, And so again, being rooted in the word of God. Absolutely. That's going to be the, the strength there. Um, Some of, some of the liability again, when you focus so much on the knowledge and on the head and on scripture, when you get, you can get detached from, I would say, The prophetic or detached from the shepherding aspects is the two that I would point to where you'd say, okay, we're going to talk about all this stuff up here, but never really get down to the heart. Never really get down to your deepest loves, your deepest desires, what your struggles are, and just being real with one another. Um, You can also get into, man, I'm going to teach to the exclusion of listening prayer (laughs) um, or to the exclusion of uh, even sometimes justice. Um, so so you, you can get into that arena when you're focused so much on just the Bible and not, okay, what is the Holy Spirit doing in your heart right now? How are you transforming? How are we living in community? Um, and, and I see that you know, in myself as well. Uh, of course, with all of the APES, you need the rest of them there. For me, I tend to need in my life shepherds and prophets. Uh, for my own development and for my own growth. Um, praise the Lord. My wife is number one prophet. <laughs> you, like,
0: what is your wife's gift mix? Yeah. She's,
2: so she's awesome. prophetic all the way. And so when I'm like, Hey, let's go, go, go. Let's start some new things. She's like, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to, uh, yes, we're going to be missional, but we're going to be incarnational. Like we're going to go deep in this one place. Uh, We're going to see the will of God in this. Um, She also has just an incredible gift to hear the voice of the Lord um, through visions or through dreams or through other ways that a lot of times it's really cool how it works together. Uh, She'll perceive something in prayer that she believes the spirit is telling to her, and it'll actually coincide with something that I read in scripture, and we didn't discuss that. So we've seen that happens a couple of times where she's like, hey... I think the Lord was telling me this and I'm like, are you serious? I just wrote down this Bible verse this morning and it's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see how those those gift sets, they're all coming from the same spirit. But I pulled that from the Bible in either studying to teach or studying for myself. And she pulled that uh, maybe somehow in, in prayer in her connection with the voice of the Lord.
1: That, that's awesome to see. The different representations of the apest coming out in your group in your team and even in your your marriage like that's awesome that she provides in an area that isn't your strong suit right And that's great in the scope of a team which i think in a team we want full representation across the board uh, we don't A team is incomplete if it doesn't have the prophet or it doesn't have the apostle or it doesn't have the shepherd or the teacher or the evangelist. It's incomplete. So we want that. But uh, in the scope of a team and as a teacher, how do you feel people should approach the teacher as far as when it comes to maybe criticism or dealing with an issue with, with the teacher? How should they approach them in the scope of as a, as a team well for, for the teacher
2: um you have to remember that their their concern tends to be with the word of god and should be how it's lived out although a lot of times that's that's not there um but it, their concern is with the word and what it says and, and what it means so what can tend to happen is somebody approaches the teacher and they don't like something that maybe the teacher said or they don't like something somebody else said. And if it's not backed up with with the word of God and with scripture, the teacher's going to have issue <laughs> likely with that. They're going to be like, OK, but what does the Bible say about that? Bible uh, says. The, Bi- if the Bible says Um and so, if you're approaching the teacher, it's not that you have to have all the answers, but either either asking or saying, "Hey, can you help me find this or help me under understand this thing that's in the Word of God that's in uh scripture um, I think that's I think that's helpful in regards to to criticism for the teacher I, i'm gonna the teacher needs to be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put this the other way on, onto the teacher, onto myself, because uh, I, I can probably speak better on that <laughs> than thinking of somebody else. But if if somebody is approaching me with with criticism, I think it's it's on me to to be humble enough to hear that, but also know and have people in my life who I trust, who I know loves us and know who loves the word of God and has knowledge of the word of God that I can filter that criticism through um, because it's easy when you're teaching, you tend to be in front of, you know, maybe more people than others of the apest are in a lot of cases. in most of our churches, the primary leader, right. tends to be the best teacher or the best communicator. And so you can a lot of times receive a lot of different feedback, or a lot of criticism or a lot of praise um, and I don't remember who I've heard this from, but it's been really helpful for me is that you need maybe three or five people that you really trust that if somebody has criticism, you filter it through this group of people or you filter it through these few people and what you really change about your teaching or change about your ministry is going to be guided through this community that that you trust and that you know and is mature enough To say, no, that's not good criticism against you, or yes, that is good criticism, and here's what you need to change, and as the teacher, be willing to listen to those voices. Um, But you have to have those people around you um, in order for you to make adjustments in your ministry or just in your own development as a disciple, because all of us are growing as disciples, and as part of that, growing in our maturity of the apest, or whatever part of the apest we are. And so I need that the primary person that will do that for me is my wife. So if I get so if I get criticism about something yeah. in my teaching, I'm like, "Hey yeah. Yeah. Hey Lydia, what do you uh what do you think about this?" And remember, she's the prophetic one. So she is not slow to be like, "Yeah, like you need to fix that. That's so broken, yeah. Carlos." Like she will tell mm. me. And I know that. And so um man it's filtered through my wife it's filtered through a couple other core people that that know and love me and will be brave enough to speak truth or ready to encourage and support me.
0: Scott, you know what I'm going to say about this. It's coming, brother. What? It's coming, brother. <laughs> for our listeners that don't know, Scott recently got engaged, so clap it up for Scott.
2: Let's uh, go Scott.
0: Uh, let's go Mr. Scott. Thank man you. and and as you started talking about this stuff and I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I was like, man, I wonder what his wife's uh, gift makes and makeup is. And, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, right? And there's no better sharpener, right, um, that I have found than uh, the partner that the Lord gives us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Scott, that's coming for you, too. I know that you're a T, too, Scott. And I want to kind of ask you some questions, too, here. But, like, in your experience, like, man— you know you're you're we're practicing a pest we're learning about a pest yeah, you know what's what's something that you want to share with our listeners about teas and about how teas um uh what what teas bring to the table um yeah to a healthy mix uh a team yeah
1: i I actually resonate with a lot of stuff Carlos already said uh the whole what is but but what does the bible say what does the word say yeah, yeah. I had actually a conversation with someone um about like, how did you make this decision informed by scripture?
0: Mm.
1: And it was like, not it wasn't like a harsh conversation, but it was like, hey, like I want to know how you came to this conclusion based on what the Bible has to say. Right. Um. And it was like a gray moral area, and I was like, I want to know. And they didn't have like the greatest answer, and I was like, well, I would love for you to have a better answer than that. Like, and that's just my wiring is like I want to know how you got to that place with a T. Um. Not only do they, like I would take it a step further than what Carlos said with just being informed like theologically, but also knowledge in general is like super important to me as a T. I podcast a lot. I probably podcast more than I actually listen to music uh, just because I want to know more things. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is informed by scripture, but some of it is like general knowledge that I think is valuable. you always I learning. Know. A I teacher's always, always want, learning. yeah, Always trying to learn so that and for a teacher, if you're a teacher out there listening to this, the balance is finding what other people need to hear from what you've learned because not they can't they don't want to intake everything that you've mm-hmm. intake they don't want you to word vomit on them, but there are things you have learned that are valuable to pass on and discerning when that is and how to do that and I've had mixed results with that. I've done that well at times and other times I've done that very poorly. And you have to walk back that sometimes and be like, okay, that was my bad. I shouldn't have done it that way. Or I should have waited to have that conversation. Yeah. Um and I think as Carlos mentioned, that like team that you can filter criticism through or feedback, whether it's praise or uh, failure or, or criticism, I think that's really valuable. Um and I would I would encourage teachers out there who are listening to this too. try and find that team and ideally i think if your missional community your simple church your leadership team has the full APEs representation that team will give you valid criticism or Mm. feedback and filter you can filter through with that core team um but if you don't have that at the moment or you have really good friends in your life those people can also help filter those kind of things too yeah
0: when i think when i think of um of tees uh, like you, Scott, and 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 maybe even you, Carlos. I think of people uh, that uh, you know, almost like uh, protectors of doctrine. You know, you're you know you're like defending the doctrine. You're kind of purist. You want to you want to uh, protect the doctrine. You want to you know, and also I think I I love what you said about being able to discern and distill the information. Because some teachers are boring, right? You don't want to be the (laughs) boring teacher that just sitting there and talking on and on and on and on and on. And and you want to discern and and distill the information. And that was one of, you know, Jesus had the full representation of the apex, right? Let's talk about Jesus right here. And so Jesus, uh, you know, started a new thing. He was a prophet. He evangelized. He shepherded well, you know, and then he taught. He sat down and taught, and then he was able to pull from everyday Examples to people, but mm-hmm. he was able to distill, like, these you know, he's like, sum up the entire law and the prophets, right? And I think a great teacher is able to do that, is able to distill large portions of information and then not to water them down, right? But to grab the essence. And that's when I think about distilling, like, what is the mm-hmm. essence and how can I explain that to a kid that is seven or eight years old? That they will walk away with that a ten year old will walk away understanding the essence of a message of the gospel um, without having watered it down and so I think for me when I experience a healthy teacher, a healthy teacher is having fun right A healthy teacher is engaging in the the biblical narrative and 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 anchored in the truth of scripture and then a healthy teacher is able to uh, um, simplify Complex ideas and pass those on um, to others in in yeah. a way that is engaging and so yeah
2: scott you you said something that that reminded me of a of a of a truth from uh zach eswin who's who's an author he, he wrote a book sensing Jesus, and they made a newer version called um, the Imperfect pastor and this doesn 't have to do directly with a pest, but you reminded me of it when you talked about wanting to know everything. Um, but man, he revolutionized the way that I think of like my own heart and my own sin, and it really blew me up a couple of years ago. Um, and that is that that we try as leaders to take on the incommunicable attributes of God. So if you think about God and the omnis of God, like He is everywhere, He's all knowing, He's all powerful. And depending on your kind of type or, or who you are or your kind of wiring, you you try to be like god which is original sin you try to be like god by being that and you can't and so for me like my tendency tends to be i want to be everywhere which is kind of a little bit of my a coming out like that's how i fall into sin is i want to start new things and have these new ideas and know what's going on on the other side of the country and around the world and be involved in all of these different places and like when i kind of strive towards all these different things it's not, it's not healthy. It's actually me trying to usurp, uh, really the authority of God and not humbling. And and then my second tendency, I think because of the T, if I could tie it to that is trying to know everything. And so I spend my time trying to be everywhere. I spend my, my time trying to, to know everything and get more information and read all the books and listen to all the podcasts. And there's a heart, there's a heart posture that, that, man, that really checks me sometimes. It's like, man, am I doing this to glorify God or am I doing this to try to be like God?
1: Yeah, that's
0: good. Dude, Mm. such a good conversation. I think that we could be here for on and on. I'm geeking out with you guys about teaching and nerding out about, you know, like all kinds of stuff. But, man, as we start to wrap up and start to land this plane, bro, like, Anything else you want to share with the listeners about maybe a tea, and then maybe how can people follow you and your work um, at Citizen House?
2: Man, for for those who are listening, I know that the conversation has been primarily about tea, but um, I just go back to kind of what I said at the beginning about: are you living in accordance with sound doctrine, and are you teaching others to be obedient um, towards what the Scripture teaches? It's just so easy, especially in the West, especially in our culture, especially for those of us, you know, in the Bible Belt, with a, a a lot of great teaching and a lot of great teachers, to get so wrapped up in the information that we're not saying, man, what does this actually look like on the ground, um, and am I changing? Am I being transformed by that knowledge? Um, we have got to keep that tied, or it's not biblical teaching. It's not uh, the real power of, of the team. So that would be my takeaway. Um, as far as connecting with Citizen House or learning more about us and what we're doing. um, of course there's a website, citizenhouse.org, but, uh, it tends to be a little better to follow us on social media, Facebook or Instagram, Citizen House DFW.
1: And thank you so much for joining us today and talking about the APAS and as a T, I always love to, to talk about this kind of stuff and, and geek out a little bit. So you thank would, you man, guys. you would. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Keeping It Simple. Stay tuned for more episodes. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. Thank you for listening.